Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, true believers of all ages, welcome back to the comic book broadcast, your home for all things inside the realm of nerdum. I am your host, Admin Nemesis, and tonight our Suicide Squad consists of Sinestro and Grendel. Brawlers, tonight we are discussing someone that may be the GOAT director of our generation. That is Christopher Nolan. We're going to talk his best movies, the ones we felt maybe lacked a little, and what our dream project for Nolan to direct would be. So settle in, brawlers. Episode 8 is here. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Brawlers, welcome back. We are coming to you tonight from inside Snake Mountain. My fellow villains, how are we doing today? I'm excited. It's a movie episode. I'm a movie guy. Let's get into this. Yeah, I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, I know Sinestro is going to blab on about Christopher Nolan and how great he is. Uh, but, uh, you know, he actually said he might have some a uh, little negative, and I'm very curious as to what it's going to be. Spoilers. <laughs> I can't wait as well. I love Nolan. <laughs> I'm just a huge fan. His, uh, his direction's been unbelievable. I love everything he's done, pretty much. So I can't wait to get into him either, guys. But brawlers, in case you missed it, here are this week's headlines. In box office news, Barbie has finally been dethroned as Blue Beetle takes the number one spot, bringing in only $25 million in its opening. Barbie was second, followed by Oppenheimer, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and strays to round up the top five. The Rebel Moon teaser release date has been set by Zack Snyder. Snyder has confirmed that the teaser will arrive on August 22nd, 2003. Star Wars Ahsoka's Disney Plus premiere date has moved up a day. It will now arrive on Tuesday, August 22nd at 6 p.m. The Flash HBO Max release date has been set. The DCEU movie will debut on, on the streaming platform on Friday, August 25th. Speaking of DC, James Gunn has doubled down on Blue Beetle's future in the DCU, saying, I cannot wait for audiences to meet Jaime Reyes, who will be an amazing part of the DCU going forward. In comic news, Marvel has re revealed the new Predator vs. Wolverine art for the upcoming crossover. That's going to begin in September. Wolverine's also going to war with Sabretooth in a new 10-part Marvel storyline. That's going to begin in Wolverine issue 41. Scott Pilgrim's creator says the Netflix animated series won't be a direct adaptation. I don't know who needs to hear this, but it's not the books, O'Malley wrote. The show is its own new thing in many ways. Do not expect a word-for-word -word remake. Many fun surprises to come. And one final piece of news. We're going to give a birthday shout-out to Terry McGinnis. Happy birthday, Terry. Guys, that about wraps it up for the news this week. Keep your eyes glued to Comic Book Brawl for more updates. Brawlers, this week's Brawl of the Week is a matchup between two magical beings. One being Intrican, the demon, and the other, the ruler of limbo, magic. Guys, these are two beings who have really shown some pretty good feats in uh, limited runs, I guess. Who do you think takes this matchup? Sorry. Right, so first of all, we definitely need to get some type of sponsorship or hooked on phonics or something because uh, we need to figure out how to say these characters' names. Man, we've been reading them for years. I've always called them Etrigan, and you just said Etrigan. All right. The, the, Have you never watched one of the animated shows where they say Etrigan the demon? It's it's pronounced very clearly in everything. Oh, real quick, real quick. I got I got to make my argument point here. Grendel, how did you say his name again? I, I always read Etrigan. it as Etrigan. Alright, now what's his uh his rhyming quote? Gone gone the form of man. Behold the demon Etrigan. Uh you have a point there. Well I tend to do Etrigan, it sometimes. Well, Etrigan, Etrigan. Yeah, gone uh, the yeah. form of man. Oh, gone the form of man. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, it's Etrigan. Etrigan. Yeah. 
Damn. Okay. All right. That one's on me, guys. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I, was not, I, I was wrong this time. Okay. All right. So we're ordering the hooked on phonics for Grendel. Yes. Is what we're doing. <laughs> all right. So all right. I, I can't. I, I guess so. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, but I'm I'm more curious and less curious about the name pronunciation. I'm more curious, Grendel. Who do you think would win? You know, uh, I have arguments back and forth, and uh, I think Magic at some point got a pretty good buff. But I'm gonna have to. I'm just gonna pick Etrigan again because you know he does have super strength. So I feel like, and it's kind of going back to. Uh, you know when we did Daredevil versus Bane, and I and I actually put Daredevil on that one, but I don't know. I just feel like Etrigan because he can do magic and he has super strength. I feel like the moment he kind of catches magic, it's pretty much over for her. I I, I know that she probably is much more mobile. I guess because she has the ability to, you know, teleport and everything. But I don't know. I just feel like Etrigan is just going to take it. I think he's just more powerful. You know, I'm having a tough time choosing between the two because I've seen Magic take out Doctor Strange. It was in Limbo, and we don't actually see it happen, but we know she's been able to defeat Doctor Strange. But in Limbo, she's more powerful. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. She, so, yeah, she's practically God in Limbo. Like She is the Sorcerer Supreme in that realm. Right. So I look at Ektrigan, and he's gone blow to blow with Lobo, with Superman. He's able to sword fight with Wonder Woman. He is an extremely skilled warrior. And a lot of magic doesn't even work on him unless it's a higher level than his own. So unless she's at Merlin level, which I don't believe... I mean, again... I don't know a ton about magic. I haven't seen her in a ton of comics. I haven't read a ton of comics with her in it outside of crossovers. But I don't know if she's quite on his level. You know what? Actually, um, Etrigan can teleport too. So um, I don't know. Does she really have the mobility advantage on him? And he can create like shields and stuff, like like magic stuff, mystical stuff, as they say. It sounds like... We're going to have our fir first episode in a while where there's actually going to be dissension in who we think wins. Okay. I'm I'm actually going with magic on this one. Uh, I'm obviously staying out of limbo because if you move it to limbo, that's way too much home field advantage. That's like yeah, no. that's like fighting in Dr. Doom's castle with him having like three days to prep and knowing who's coming. It's just not fair. So, yeah, in limbo, I believe magic actually wants... Uh, took Colossus when he was powered by the Juggernaut, took the crystal out of him, and then broke the crystal. Like, it's way too unfair for that. That's yeah, pretty powerful when she's in limbo. <laughs> so if we're regular realm, I'm going with her just because, yeah, I think Etrigan can teleport, but I never really see him doing it in fights. Yeah, he's not too he's usually No, he's usually more of like a brawler with his sword and stuff like that, breathing fire, slashing, and all that. He's definitely a beast, as uh, Nemesis brought up. He's gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with the likes of Superman and Lobo. Magic, for all her abilities, does not have like physical strength like that, so if she takes a direct hit like that, she really is screwed. But after her training with uh, Doctor Strange, she's actually gotten pretty good with her own magic. Her stepping discs allow her to teleport mid-battle. She's able to throw up force fields that are pretty damn strong. But the reason why I'm giving her the win in this particular spot is her main weapon, the soul sword. Knew it. The soul sword is specifically lethal to magical beings. Like if she can land that sword on Etrigan, Etrigan is screwed. His magic stuff or anything like that is not going to hold up to her soul sword. So in a near win, I'm giving it to her saying that she'd be able to maneuver with her teleportation, defend with the shield, getting close and just go to town with that soul sword. And split Etrigan in two. Now I'm curious because I don't know a ton about her, like I said, in the Soul Sword. But is she skilled enough to be able to land a blow on someone that can sword fight with Wonder Woman? Oh, she's gone. She's very skilled with that sword. I'm trying to remember who she trained with specifically. But when she was growing up, she literally started to outdo her own master 
in swordplay. I'm I feel bad that I can't remember the exact name. It's one of the it's a really old comic. I know she trained with like an alternate universe storm at one point, but I think that was more with limbo magic. But yeah, she's highly skilled with her sword. Is she more skilled than Etrigan? I'm not entirely sure. I wouldn't be surprised if Etrigan, given how old he is since he came from like Camelot days, but his sword is also magic and her sword disrupts magic. So even if he is more skilled, it's going to be kind of hard when her sword literally trumps his sword. Like, Imagine the best sword fighter in the world fighting an average Jedi. Well, the lightsaber that... <laughs> is really going to her... screw over that sword. But will her sword <laughs> cut through Etrigan's sword? Do we have proof of that? I don't think of any. But everything we know about the sword is that it disrupts magic. And well, his sword is magic. Specifically, it says Etrigan can only be harmed by magic more powerful than his own. So I wonder, A, would it be more powerful? And if it's not then would it then be null and void? Because if it's not more powerful than him, it shouldn't be able to affect him. Because he has uh, also a high command of magic. He's obviously a demon. He's got natural mystic abilities, but uh, he's been okay. given empowerments from Merlin and, uh, let's see, magical instruction from <laughs> the owl. I'm not sure who that is, but somebody else. Uh, so he, he he's extremely high level when it comes to magic as well, you know? I think I think Merlin is enough. I think anyone yeah. after that's kind of a step down. <laughs> exactly. Like that's what I'm looking at this other person. Like I don't even know who this is, but they're listed, so I guess. That, that's Mer- the beauty Merlin's of this kind of fight, dude, you know. Yes, that's the beauty of this kind of fight. The world will never know for sure. We can just discuss what we think might happen and let the fans decide. Yes, everyone's got different buffs and magical uh, abilities that aren't supposed to work or should work on magic. And I think in the I think in the end, I just I, I put Intricate up there just because he he you know Wonder Woman is the top fighter in DC. I would think she's you know the standard, and he can go toe to toe with her with her strength. He, easily the top hand to hand fighter in that tier of strength. Which brings up another question for another time. I'd like to see her fight some of the the Batman crew without powers. Agreed. That would be cool. I think I think Bruce would enjoy that too. I'm sure he would. <laughs> but all right, I, I would do like hand to hand no powers and then I'd also do all year no powers. Alright, so I get in the end again, I'm going entry again. Grendel, did you change your mind or are you staying with the demon? No, I'm too stubborn. Too stubborn to change his mind. <laughs> Sinestro, I'm sure we didn't change yours. Nope. Nope. It's a, All right. Brawlers, that's a two-to-one win here in favor of the Demon Entrigan. Guys, don't forget to go over to Comic Book Brawl, find that Brawl of the Week, and go out there and vote. Let us know. Were we right? Were we wrong? Are we dumb? Are we extremely smart? Because, you know, we are. But let us know. Enjoy the Brawl of the Week, guys. All right, Brawlers. Tonight, we take a look at a director who has done nothing but drop bangers on us. Much like Hitchcock, Scorsese, Spielberg, Tarantino, and Lucas, this man's name alone can put your ass in a seat. Christopher Nolan is a name that has become synonymous with quality, great storytelling, and A-plus acting. Guys, I am excited to get into this topic of Christopher Nolan. As you can tell, I'm a big fan. And today, we're in honor of Oppenheimer's release this summer. We're going to take a look at his complete body of work. Getting into it, what do you think is Nolan's best film? Sinestro, what do you think his best, his best movie is? Now, I'm not going to beat around the bush on this. I think The Dark Knight was his best movie, mm. hands down. It's the first billion-dollar comic book movie. First comic book movie to get an acting Oscar win. Hell, Memento and The Dark Knight were chosen by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Film Registry. Like, the world recognizes The Dark Knight. Hell, when the Academy didn't give The Dark Knight a nomination for Best Picture in the Oscars, it incited such controversy that the following year, they increased the number of movies eligible to compete in that category. That was the last year they had five ca- the five nominations. After that, it became upwards of around 10. I've actually stopped so. watching the Oscars since then because <laughs> The Dark Knight did not get a nomination and it was complete bullshit. 
Oh my god, well, there's so many movies all the time that don't get the nomination or the win that they deserve, though. But, I, I agree across the board, but rest easy to know that it not being nominated changed the Academy Awards in a way that we all would have wanted the year before. Didn't Absolutely. They, didn't they actually <laughs> consider or for one year actually put in like a uh, superhero category or something? I don't like I said, I, I stopped watching it, but I remember them at least considering them putting in like a superhero or comic book movie category. They, they, for a hot minute, they were talking about most popular movie award, which thankfully did not stick. Actually, uh, I mean, uh, it, it's a shame that like sometimes these comic movies will never get like best film or whatever. But like most popular, at least it would get some kind of recognition. But would that just go to the movie that made the most money that year? Which then you're seeing movies like the Transformers getting nominated. Uh that would be terrible. Okay. This year's most popular that. movie, Transformers, Fast and the Furious. I'm like, and click. Actually, Here, you want a hot take for this year's Oscars? Here's my hot take for the Oscars. Across the Spider-Verse is getting a nomination. Best picture. Uh, how about this? Um, since we're talking about Transformers for a second, uh, I had once said to someone, Christopher Nolan is basically what Michael Bay kind of wants to be. Like, he wants the big explosions, but he also wants to tell, like, a really good story. And I feel like... I just, Michael Bay forgot to tell a good story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I can't I can't watch the Transformers movies anymore, man. It's just gotten, like, it's the same story. Not, not to go on too much of a tangent, but Rise of the Beasts was actually pretty entertaining. I think you'd actually enjoy it. Okay, I'll give it a shot, but... And I, I'm not going to have my hopes up, you know. Grendel, what do you think is the best Christopher Nolan movie? Whoa, that was not your job, sir. Oof. Oh my <laughs> Deal God, with it. Nemesis. You're going to have to handle this. All right, so my favorite Nolan film, and I think you make a really good point about The Dark Knight, and it's one of my favorite Nolan films, uh, to be quite honest with you, but I don't always agree with the whole, like, it's the first to do this and that's why it's the best kind of arguments. No, you're the first to have a comic book movie that made a billion dollars. Okay. That doesn't make it the best comic book movie, even though that wasn't the question, but it also doesn't make it uh, Nolan's best film. I think Nolan's best film is a film that brings together his like all of his existential and metaphysical themes uh a film that does not really follow conventional movie rules and that's inception you may ask what are the conventional movie rules well like somewhere between like 15 and i'd say 30 minutes into a movie i can generally tell you what's going to happen all right they set up movies in a certain way they give certain imagery they note certain things there's not too much in movies that is said and done that is not of at least some sort of relevance. And it actually becomes a little bit of a puzzle. Um, and I really like puzzles. I don't know if you guys know this. Puzzles, riddles, all that sort of stuff. Because Christopher Nolan doesn't really follow conventional movie rules or tropes, that's what I really enjoyed about Inception. Now... The ending of Inception, okay, I probably could have guessed that from the get-go, all right? It was a movie about them, you know, being in the waking world versus, like, a dream world. Um, and could I have been like, oh, at the end of the movie, uh, it, you know, he might not even know. Uh, but it, But that's not kind of what captures you in this movie okay it's his whole storytelling style and yeah it was the one nolan film where i could be like all right i, I could kind of guess the ending but generally you can't and despite the fact that i don't li always like it when i can tell the end of the movie it was still the most enjoyable for just how he did the film the cinematography being completely different 
from other things we've seen and just the story structure, not really following the traditional story structure that I've kind of gotten bored with throughout other movies. So Inception, best Nolan film. And I have not seen Oppenheimer yet. I mean, it's a great pick. Uh, Inception was just a visually stunning. I love this, the story in it. Um, the I, don't think you're ruffle, I don't think you're going to ruffle any feathers with uh, the Inception pick. I mean, I, it was also a, kind of a pretty easy one to go with, I, I, I guess, because it, it was a, a huge like blockbuster and everything, and everyone talked about it for a while. But there was one other movie I kind of wanted to pick, but it was actually a little bit the opposite of Inception. It was... I, I had no idea this was going to be the ending, and I, I have a little mixed feelings about the ending of this movie, but for the rest of the movie being fantastic, The Prestige. I mean, you, you have great actors in it, Bale, Jackman, and the whole, like, twin thing. I was, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, twins. Like, that was kind of... Uh, that I could see coming from far away. But then when it was like the Tesla machine and the original one, and and mind you, it's not the copy that dies in the tank. It is the original that dies in the tank and the copy gets to survive. That is a level of dedication of a magician and that I don't think could ever be matched. Like you're literally killing yourself <laughs> for this trick. But the stage was fantastic too. Did he really know that he was killing the original every single time? Is the question. I think that's the mystery, guys. When we think about Nolan and his body of work, it's it's hard for me to really pick a singular best because I've enjoyed so many of them. But there's one I have enjoyed more than any of them all, and Sinestro's already said it. It was The Dark Knight. This movie was just perfection, in my opinion, and a lot of it had to do with. Heath Ledger's Joker. I think he is the greatest cinematic villain of all time. The only reason I didn't take him in the antagonist draft is because two versions of the Joker had been selected beforehand. But he had, Sorry. yeah, he was just he was just so good. Just from that, op- the best that might be the best opening scene of all time. The bank robbery, and then you find out the Joker's been there the entire time. So some of his lines, like you know, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push and i'm not a monster i'm just ahead of the curve like he was just so convincing that he that he was i don't know i i don't want to say that he had a plan or that he was flying by the seat of his pants but he was so convincing either way that it was just such a great villain that you had no idea what was going on with him the back and forth with him and batman in the interrogation room was unbelievable and getting away from the joker a little bit but you know the killing off rachel in the movie Getting Two-Face, of course, our Jonathan Crane cameo, as we get in all Nolan movies with Batman. I I just think The Dark Knight is in a category of its own, even when it comes to Nolan movies. So I feel like there's got to be a fight now because uh, you called him the greatest cinematic villain of all time. And he is one of the greats. I'll give you that. I loved Heath Ledger as Joker. But our first pick in the antagonist draft, was Darth Vader. Okay, and you know what? You kind of saved yourself there saying there were two other Jokers taken, so you didn't take Heath Ledger Joker, but you didn't mm-hmm. take other movie villains. And I did. I, I And I feel like, if you, I really do feel like, if you think he's the greatest cinematic movie villain, you could have taken him in the first round. Yeah, I could have, but went another way. I respect that. I, I consider the Dark Knight... <laughs> I I consider Dark Knight's Joker as one of the best cinematic villains of all time anyway, so I'm not against him making that claim, even though I personally think Vader is number one. But if and I you was also took a different declare, version of the Joker. I did. That's because as much as I loved the Dark Knight's Heath Ledger's Joker, he wasn't the Joker that made me fall in love with the Joker. Yep. That Joker's voiced by Mark Hamill from the animated mm-hmm. series. Mm-hmm. I had to That's go with what my heart said. Connection right there. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> I guess I'm a Star Wars guy too by accident. Who knew? And to comment on Nemesis' statement, Dark Knight's intro is one of the best intros of all time. It's on my top 10 greatest intros of all time. 
Look forward to that one Sunday for uh, Sinestro's top 10. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys. So um, we do have a TikTok and Instagram. And uh, Sinestro has been holding out on me a little bit, I guess, here. Because I've been wanting to post his uh, top 10 lists on Instagram. Or is it just because I haven't told you which ones I want? That would be because you haven't told me which ones you want. Okay. <laughs> I gave you a list of I gave you a list of all three hundred plus. You can pick whatever you want. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, look out for those. Ah, uh, guys. You know we we've talked about what we like best from his body of work, but obviously we don't just like one movie from Christopher Nolan. Give me your top five, Grendel. What What are your top five Nolan movies? Since we've heard one, number one. I actually wasn't prepared for this. All right, let's see. Top five Nolan movies. Now, my guys, mind you, Christopher Nolan has really only directed 12 feature films. He's produced uh, like five, six, technically five others, I guess, because it's Justice League and Zack Snyder's Justice League. I, mean, I, th- I think we got to stick to the 12 he directed, not the ones he has his fingerprints on. Yeah. Oh, no, those wouldn't make it. Not a shot in hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's Transcendence, Batman v Superman, Justice League, The Doll's Breath, which is an animated short film, and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, yeah, none of those are making it. <laughs> not a shot in hell. All right. Good. You scared me. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um,. You know what? A bunch of them are just going to be comic book movies, and we are comic book fans. So you you want me to go uh, five to one? Go for it. Yeah, do whatever you want. Okay, all right. Batman Begins. Then I'm going to go with Man of Steel, This Prestige, Dark Knight, Inception. There we go. My top five. I have not seen Oppenheimer yet. Then Astro, I think you've seen the most... Nolan movies here because you have seen Oppenheimer. So, uh, what about you? Well, I have one question, Nemesis. Do you want me to name my top favorite or the five I think are the must-watch for people who need to watch Nolan movies? I got both lists ready. Hmm. Give us your favorite. All right. Well, spoilers. It's both of those lists were just one movie off from each other. But <laughs> uh, my top five. I'll take a a step from Grendel's playbook. I'll go in order five to one. Uh, number five, I will give. I'm gonna give an honorary mention to uh, Inception. It didn't make my top five, but it's still amazing. It deserves wow. to be named. Sorry. Number five, I will go with The Prestige. I thought that was amazing. That was actually the first uh, Nolan movie I ever saw. Didn't even know who Nolan was when I saw it. So Prestige number five. I'm gonna go with Interstellar as number four. Might make it higher on the list, but I really didn't like the bookshelf scene at the end. Uh, number three, Oppenheimer. I gotta tell you, the suspense in that movie was amazing. I can't believe how good a movie was when most of it is really like the politics of math and explosions. So it really hit the nerd in me. But uh, my top two kind of just shows I'm just a big dork. Uh, number two, Batman Begins, I think is one of the best Batman movies I've ever seen. It finally showed Batman becoming Batman, which I always wanted to see. And number one, which we already know, Dark Knight, which honestly set the stage for the comic book world we're in right now. Came out in 2008, the same year as Iron Man. And this was the first time like a comic book movie came out where it wasn't like, wow, that was a great comic book movie. No, that was a great movie. It was and an fast forward to net- movie. And fast forward now through the freaking renaissance we've had of comic book movies. Let me tell you, anyone who grew up in the 90s, needs to understand how awesome we have it now we have so many comic book movies Mm -hmm. that we can talk about how crappy so many of them are not even discussing the fact of how crappy the 90s were yeah there was a couple of gems but god that was such a dry dry decade so bad the 90s are really the dark ages of comic book movies i'm hey (laughs) listen uh 90s comic book movies do have three of my favorite movies of all time and they're all the teenage mutant ninja turtle movies and i don't care (laughs) i like the third one it is cheesy i love it and a lot of people don't even know there was a third (laughs) that's probably for the best (laughs) (laughs) well my my list doesn't uh differ a ton from sinestro's except where it differs they're movies that aren't on his list five I got the prestige for I have interstellar, but number three that nobody has mentioned. And I 
have fallen more in love with this movie as time goes on, but it's The Dark Knight Rises. Mm. I love Tom Hardy's Bane. He is such a great villain. He takes everything Batman loves and turns it on its head and destroys it. You think the dark is your ally? Nope. Batman thought, turn the lights off, we're going to work? I don't think so. He broke his back, forced Batman to become an even better hero, to have to come back and save his city. I thought Bane was just an extremely underrated villain. At two, I have Inception. And at one, of course, The Dark Knight. I, I, I really don't... Man. All right. Tom Hardy is a great <laughs> actor. Okay. I, I love some of the quotes in in The Dark Knight Rises. But I just... I just didn't like him, <laughs> like his Bane, man. I really didn't. It, I feel like his it was, was ste- great. I feel like it was a step down from Heath Ledger's Joker. Well, yeah, yeah, of course it was. Of course well, it everyone, was. Everyone, everyone was a step. <laughs> there's down. no, there's no real step up from Heath Ledger's Joker. Everything's a I, step down, and that I, that is what hurt The Dark Knight Rises, in my opinion, in everyone's minds, because everyone went, ah, oh, well, it's not Heath Ledger's Joker. It was never going to be. It never could be. I, I had my problems with The Dark Knight Rises, but none of it was Tom Hardy. I thought he did a fine job. I mean, I could have done without the simping a little bit for Talia, but other than that, like, Talia was I think the biggest issue with great that job. movie. I thought she was the big issue with the movie. She definitely was. Tom Hardy, I don't think, was the problem. If we're talking great intros again, too, by the way, Dark Knight Rises had a great intro with Whoa. Bane and the plane. Right? Uh, I like how the biggest villain in The Dark Knight Rises is actually Ben Roethlisberger. Just need to throw that in there. Yeah, but he gets taken care of pretty quick. Deservedly so. Guys, we've kind of touched on it a bit as we've gone through some of Nolan's movies here. But when it comes to his movies, where do you do you think he fell a little short anywhere? Because personally, when it comes to misses, I don't think Nolan really has one. I mean, movies haven't always been A+. But I don't think anything's been in the bad category either. I don't think anything's dipped below a C in terms of movie grades. You know, there might be little things in each movie that you could change or say, I would do this and make this better this way. But I really don't have a ton of complaints about Nolan's movies. Like, I'll sit there and watch anything with Christopher Nolan's name on it, whether I've seen it or not, just because I know what kind of quality he brings. I don't don't know how you guys feel about this. Uh, Grendel, do you feel the same way? I don't really think there's any big misses by Nolan. By the way, he's a British director and British directors like really really great ones have like a little bit different of a style. Like I'm a huge Guy Ritchie fan. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite directors of all time. Nolan is up there too. Uh so, you know, I think the thing is that certain audiences uh may not really jive with the way he tells a story. I actually just used the word jive. Anyway, yeah, they, they might not like the the way he tells a story. And that's a, a lot of, I would say, American audiences. As for a personal miss, though, uh, I don't think I've kept it a secret. I am not the biggest fan of The Dark Knight Rises. If If I could watch the movie with you guys, I could then just point out, like, it's just a lot of little things that I didn't like, and... But the thing is, they actually did take a lot of, like, stuff from the comic book and kind of keep it true. You know, like, Bane breaking his back, uh, driving him into a wall, like, mentally, I mean, when I say that. Uh, not the times that he probably also drove him into a wall, like, literally, <laughs> during that fight. He broke him physically and mentally. Yeah, like, that's what kind of Bane does is what Bane has always done to Batman. And I actually think that maybe City of Bane, do you think it actually took any little inspiration from The Dark Knight Rises? No, I think Rises took more inspiration from the original uh, Bane run, where he was kind of overrunning the city and taking it over, you know, making Batman work hard to find him and... Then once Batman got there, he's a bit exhausted, and Bane broke him. Nightfall. Ah, Nightfall. There we go. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he couldn't release all the villains into the streets, but... 
Yeah, technically, he, he wasn't that he didn't he do that in the movie where he released yeah. all the prisoners. Yeah, I, I meant like super villains. Like, yeah, I think in Nightfall he released, you know, like, Riddler, Joker, but you know, Catwoman, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, he released like the actual ones that. Really yeah, matter. this one he did, he did he did empty out Blackgate, which again taken from Nightfall, and I I had a, I have read somewhere along the line that originally there was going to be a scene. Where Bane approached the Joker uh, in yeah. Blackgate, but yeah, but obviously it couldn't happen. Obvious reasons. Yeah, maybe uh, if he actually released a bunch of those villains, maybe I would have mm-hmm. that Nightfall connection. It would have been cool if he could have, because Scarecrow was still around. If Joker was still around, if they, you know, maybe they wouldn't have had Two Face be dead, but just kind of stored away. You know, if he could have released all of them, that would have been a really cool way to. Uh, in the trilogy too. By the way, Agreed. something that I don't think we any of us have really uh, mentioned. Uh, has anyone ever looked at the cast of Christopher Nolan movies? He, he has had, a lot of repeats. Yeah, a lot of repeats, and <laughs> they're just, they're great actors, though they are great actors. Oh my god! Uh, so Murphy is one of my favorite actors. Mm-hmm. And, JGL. Yeah, and and you, and you know what? It's not even just his portrayals in movies i'm a huge fan of peaky blinders that is one of my favorite shows of all time no i loved the obviously he was a bigger part of the first one i love that they kept him around and gave him cameos in two and three also as still like this threat that was out there is christian bale for craps on two Mm -hmm. And, and christian bale great actor we we didn't hate him in uh, Love and Thunder because of what he did. We hate what uh, Watiti did. I don't Christian like saying Bell's, it, but yes. He was wasted in the movie. Like, he was a great casting, great character, wasted in the movie. Uh, what's called? I know I know. they said Dark Knight Rises was the near miss. For me, it was... Te- I gotta go with Tenet. You got, you got a movie that literally requires you to watch it more than once just to fully understand it. I get it. He likes his his complicated plots and intertwining mm-hmm. threads and all that but it, it's just it's a little bit too much when you have to watch a movie that many times which i guess you could say the same thing about memento but once you already have a movie made by you that requires multiple viewings to get the full picture doing it again just kind of seems a bit redundant superfluous whatever word you want fancy word you want to toss in there even then i, I would only call it maybe a near miss because still none of his movies are bad like nemesis said I wouldn't even say any of his movies were even a C. Like when you when your entire catalog is A's and B's, a B minus, I guess, is the closest you can get to considering a near miss. But uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go too hard on this uh, part because it's Nolan. You really can't dig deep on misses with Nolan. But uh, hard to find. Yeah, him. it really is. So I'm. <laughs> it, it's like saying this is the this is the worst artwork from Leonardo da Vinci. Like. <laughs> the worst artwork is still going to be better than anything we'd ever do. So I'm going with Tenet as a, my near miss. Not even because it's a bad movie or anything, just because it may be a bit overly complicated. Yeah, I almost like going back and watching those movies like Inception and Tenet and being like, okay, what did I miss? Oh, I missed that last time. Okay, so what does See, that mean? You know, going to this plot point and, you know, whatever. No, as long no. as I understand it the first time, I like watching it again to see what I could have missed. If I need to watch it again just to understand it, okay, makes, me, yeah, that's, makes yeah, sense. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there, there's a significant difference there. Like I w- liked going back and watch rewatching Inception, and I don't re- like re- rewatching many movies. But Tenant, I was like, what just happened? I don't even think I watched like. I really watched the movie. I think I just stared at a screen. <laughs> like that, that that was it. I was like, I I don't know what just happened. I mean, yeah, I, I can see that. Tenant was definitely hard to follow, but I, I always kinda like going back and just checking out where I've missed something. I, I think I've you know, it's been fun to do that with a, a few of the Nolan movies, but guys, we've kind of uh we kinda dipped into things we'd like to see Nolan do or you know change a little bit but I want to get into existing properties you guys think would be good for Christopher Nolan to take on and we're not going to go with James Bond there will be no James Bond here Aww. however with the existing properties 
out there. There are tons of movies that have been made, you know, a little bit below par. And Nolan, for me, is someone I would trust with just about anything. Uh, I think anything he touches pretty much turns to gold. My issue really is just picking out one for him to direct. You know, before we get into ours, though, we do have a little message from admin Black Manta, who hasn't been able to join us for a few weeks now. He wanted to get some of his Nolan picks in because Manta is a massive Nolan fan and has seen every single one of his movies. So he gave me a quick little thing to read here, not to go over a ton, but we can touch on it a little bit because I think we might want to touch on the property here as we get into what we want to see Christopher Nolan take over. But Manta said his uh, best overall film is Inception. He considers it near perfect. His top five is Inception, Interstellar, Prestige, Dark Knight, and Oppenheimer. And then the movie he would want to see him do is The Shining. Ooh. So as we get into it, guys, what do you think of Christopher Nolan's take on The Shining? That would be really interesting because you got the in-depth plots of Stephen King being interpreted by the very meticulous Christopher Nolan. Mm. I think... I don't think it would break the box office because those movies really don't usually make as much money, but damn, that would be a really interesting story. Like, I'd, I'd have to like really focus on That's not a movie you can watch in the background. That sounds like something you're really going to have to pay attention to. Absolutely. I, I, would, I, would actually, I would be very interested in seeing that kind of movie. Yeah, I have no disagreements with everything you just said. I mean, that... I don't do horror movies. I don't do many thrillers, scary, anything like that, right? Anything that you would throw in that, like, overall category. But I think I would actually go watch that multiple times. I agree. Uh, I'm really along the same lines of thinking as Manta. I think The Shining would be unbelievable if it was done by Nolan. And I myself for my uh, wish list, have a Stephen King novel as well. You know, I, there was a few that come to mind, but I, I really feel like this would be something Christopher Nolan would knock out of the park. It's a series. We've seen the movie recently. It wasn't great. But if Christopher Nolan took on the Dark Tower, I think he would have a home run along the lines of his Dark Knight series. That would also be another good pick. The Dark Tower could have mm. been a lot better, and I feel like Christopher Nolan's touch would have definitely helped. Yeah, I think, man, yeah, he just would, he would make that movie exactly what it should be. I, th I think that's the best way I can put it after seeing the latest movie. I, I just feel like Nolan would take that and make it absolutely what we, we were all dying for it to be. And he would be able to go on and really go through the series. And Stephen King books are just such a great place for Nolan to dive into, like you said, with his, uh, his great plots and the twists. Sinestro, what would you like to see him take over? What's what's a property you want to see Nolan jump on? Well, honestly, this is I love this part of the this episode's question. Like I really put a lot of thought into this about what I would want to see him specifically do. And as I was considering how he generally tells stories with his movies, I actually came across a uh, a short on YouTube about an interview with some of the actors who've worked with Nolan, specifically Leonardo DiCaprio, who said and I quote Christopher Nolan is a visionary filmmaker that comes up with very complex narratives and is able to pull it off. And you know what? Once I read the part about very complex narratives, it clicked. Like, I already knew that, but hearing it out loud just, I don't know, it made the gears in my head just go just right. Of all the movies I could picture Christopher Nolan directing that I would want to see, I want to see. Now, I don't want this as a part of any pre-existing universe. Like, the movies that already exist or the shows that exist in, for this uh, topic... I don't want it to be related. I want this to be independent of all that. It's just Christopher Nolan's thing. He writes and directs, casts the whole thing. I would want to see Christopher Nolan direct a Sherlock Holmes movie. I think his way of telling complex narratives and stories, his his love of doing these little twists, and just basically his overall intellect behind a Sherlock Holmes mystery, I think could be really something special. So of all the things, I got to go with Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I love you and hate you so much right now. Because <laughs> I've repeatedly said I love Sherlock Holmes. And you know what? Um, I, I love the recent movies by uh, my other favorite director. But um, uh, yeah, now I got to rework what I was going to say. Jeez, man. 
Why did you pick Homestead? Is that where you're going as well? Uh, and it, it was one of mine, um, but I, I had some backup notes uh, just in case. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't really expecting it, but, uh, it, you know, I, I prepared for the worst. <laughs> uh, or the best. I mean, yeah, that was a great pick. Okay, all right. You know, you guys know I have a tough time narrowing things down. So I was wondering how exactly this question was supposed to be taken. All right, it says existing franchise, but is it, uh, you know, a franchise that is currently going on or is it a franchise that could be rebooted? And also, I remember Christopher Nolan said he does not want to do any more superhero movies, okay? But this isn't about what Christopher Nolan really wants. Exactly. His, his opinion doesn't come into play here. This is your time. There's actually two comic book movies I would want him to do. And then I have another franchise that doesn't really need to be reworked. Another two franchises that don't really need to be reworked. But I feel like he could just do them better. So I'll just quickly go through it. Uh, if Christopher Nolan could direct uh, an X-Men or the Fantastic Four movie, mm. okay, uh, I feel like that would really help out, you know, the MCU struggles with some m movie and show quality that uh, has been some concerns. and uh, But, like, what he can do with these stories that other people probably couldn't do would just blow our minds i mean it's the x-men and fantastic four franchises that could propel us into just the all these other stories uh in just like, like fantastic four in and of itself brings us into a whole other realm in i'm thinking interstellar but with the Fantastic Four right now, and it's got me very excited. Um, and then just another movie franchise that doesn't really need a reboot, but I would just really like to see what Nolan would do with it, is Harry Potter. <laughs> okay, like, I don't know why, but I really just want to see Christopher Nolan direct Harry Potter movies for some reason. Okay, like, just, there's so much of the book that's left out that I feel like Christopher Nolan could somehow still get in there. And, it, you know, the books, yeah, yeah, they were kind of for kids, but there are a lot of dark parts in there that, that I don't think made it into the film. I didn't read every single book, but I know a lot of Harry Potter nerds. So, uh, and I say that with affection because we're all nerds here. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and then if I could just throw in one more quick movie franchise. Go for it. Okay. Because it was a good franchise and then they really messed it up. Is it just me or would Anyone else like to see a complete reboot of Christopher Nolan directing Pirates of the Caribbean? I'd like to see his take on anything. I just don't know. Like, I don't think Jack Sparrow would be the same character in a Nolan movie as he is right now. Yeah, I. as much as I love Nolan and stuff like that, I honestly... Jack Sparrow is one of my favorite cinematic characters. He makes everything he freaking does, even in a bad movie, makes me laugh. I enjoy his character too much. I don't think his characterisms fit in a Nolan movie. He's not generally serious enough for that kind of position. But but the thing is that we already have that Jack Sparrow, and I kind of want to see Johnny Depp come back and then do something just dark, a little darker and grittier but, like, some same mannerisms. I wonder if he would at this point. I mean, I, I think he's, he's kind of on the older side of things. The first Pirates movie was, like, 20 years ago. Oh, God, that aged us. Oh, jeez. There you go. Oof. I mean, Grendel got to pick three, so if I could throw in a second pick for a wish list, I'd love to see him do a Star Wars movie and do uh, Darth, Raven, Darth Revan. Yeah. Okay. I'd like... Christopher Nolan doing Darth Vader and his like rise and fall and rise and fall like the freaking roller coaster he was he like doing the whole Jedi Sith thing. I think he could really tell a good story showing like the torment like Re Revan actually had to go through. Yeah, he could. Through, like, through the Sith side and the Jedi side. It, it would be really interesting. Plus, he has a very unique take on action scenes. I'd love to see how his take on a Star Wars lightsaber fight scene would actually go. Well, I think that would be fantastic. 
and he said he wanted to do Star Wars, and I'm completely all for it. I was actually going to mention that, but then I thought I'd be rambling. And they're looking for directors right now, so you know, if uh, if someone from Disney ever wants is listening to this, and you know, you need a a hint of a director, I don't know if you guys have heard of Christopher Nolan, but you could probably reach out to him. Well, clearly they're listening to us because we have such a massive following. I would assume at least one or two executives way up the line. Not all of them, just you know, one or two. Well, I'm sure Kevin Feige's listening. He's going to send a quick call over to the other studio and let them know. Oh, good. Uh, I know for a not real fact that Bob Iger has a comic book brawl t-shirt that we never actually made. We oh, it's sure. on the internet now. It's it's real. I mean, we, we said it in a podcast, so it's going to be obviously true. <laughs> Guys, two more movies I had on my list, too. I think Nolan could do much better job with than we've seen and they're they're nice big expansive worlds one one was set up to be a franchise one was a standalone the franchise i think john cotter of mars he would uh he would really turn that thing around that just wasn't a great movie i think from the books nolan could do some justice there and another one is uh very not a very old movie i'm not going to say that because i saw it when i was a kid that's that's when it came out but Waterworld, kevin costner's failed movie I think could use a nice Nolan upgrade. That would be interesting. I don't, I, know, in, how, I don't know how eager I am to see Waterworld again, but if Nolan did it, maybe I would be happy. Exactly. To see it. Exactly. That's why it's, it's one of those movies where you're like, oh, that you know that movie was kind of a letdown. Maybe if Nolan had a hand in it, it wouldn't be so bad. You know, it had some good stuff in it. Just didn't. Uh, it never hit its peak where it should have. Yeah, and we always talk about how like we want bad movies that had a really good premise to be remade and bad shows uh, that had a really good premise to be remade. We we hate it when it's like, oh, you have something perfect? Let's do it again. Like, what? What's the point? Exactly. Like you said, we don't really need a Harry Potter reboot, but for some reason HBO's giving us one. And I'm still going to watch it. And you know, I am too. I am too. I'm not, I'm not going to not watch it, but we don't need it. You know what we could have needed? Secret Invasion being directed by Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Mm. He definitely yeah, that could have been a better ending. That could have been something special. Guys, in honor of Oppenheimer, too, do you have any uh, true stories that come to mind you want to see Nolan direct again? Or tackle? True real-life stories? Out of... Yeah, much you know, much along the way of, of Oppenheimer. I, I, I came across a few that I'd like to see him... Uh, his... His style of direction, I guess, we'll say. A real-life event. Where do you go from one of the most famous explosions ever? And by the way, uh, is it the most famous explosion ever? Well, I have Uh, one on my list that may be a more famous explosion. I I would go with the Big Bang as the most famous explosion. Okay, that's a good one. Big Bang. (laughs) I think we got Mount Vesuvius. Uh, I uh, I have the Challenger story challenger would be good i wouldn't mind seeing uh nolan take on uh the final days of pompeii that movie uh they just came out with that didn't they a few years back wasn't there a pompeii movie with um was it a kit harrington yeah that's perfect for him to take over and do better there you go (laughs) right but i had the challenger on there i had um and sinestro may be more familiar you actually you both should be fairly familiar with this gentleman richard rascola refresh my memory Richard was a British-American soldier, police officer, and educator, and private security specialist. Uh, Basically, he served with the British paratroopers during the Cyprus emergency. He was a commissioned officer in the United States Army during the Vietnam War, rose to the rank of colonel in the Army, and then he entered the private sector and worked in corporate security. He was the director of security for financial services firm Morgan Stanley at the World Trade Centers. Richard had anticipated the attacks on the towers and was credited with saving thousands of lives that day. He also died in the tower, evacuate, trying to evacuate more people. Uh, yeah, that sounds like it's right up Nolan's alley. But that <laughs> one, that came to mind. I, I saw that and went, I would love to see Nolan's take on this guy. Yeah, that, that would be much better than the biopic I was thinking about. <laughs> what, what do you have? I just want to see a biopic of Stanley, and Nolan knows how to Ooh. tell a good story. So <laughs> I'd love to see Stanley. Yes. I'd love to see a Stanley biopic, but your, your pick is... Uh, Seems a lot more cinematic and interesting. 
Well, I, I had two more picks on there, and I'm going to preface it with saying, don't take it too literally that it's Christopher Nolan, a white male directing this movies. We're going with his style and how his movies generally turn out. And these two stories would, I think, fall in line perfectly and look amazing with that kind of storytelling. Uh, one is the Robert Small story. He was uh, a slave who freed himself, took over a, a, a Confederate ship, piloted that ship, ended up uh, joining the U.S. Army. He's one of the reasons Lincoln accepted African-American soldiers into the Union Army and then became a politician. I think Nolan, you know, a, a, a Nolan-like take on that story would be unbelievable. And now I'm going to butcher this poor woman's name. Uh, it's Maria Akiabariskia. She was a Soviet-Ukraine tank driver and mechanic who fought against the Nazis, Nazis on the Eastern Front in World War II. After her husband was killed, she sold all of her possessions to donate a tank to the war effort on the sole request that she be allowed to drive it. And just a, a story I think Christopher Nolan could, or his type of direction and the way his movies turn out, it would just be awesome to see. Not bad picks. Very not bad. Grendel, you have anything? Along the lines of uh, real-life stories? Well, here's the thing. Nolan, he does historical stuff. He does, uh, I guess, uh, made-up stuff. and He does everything great. Yeah, he really does everything great. So, uh, But you really have to think about a big historical event or person. I mean, he just did Oppenheimer. Would it be unfair to ask him to do Tesla? I don't think so. That's a story I'd love to see. I mean, he really is the greatest inventor ever. All right. He, there are things that he invented that we don't even realize he invented and things that he invented that we don't even know exist. Mm-hmm. Okay. He is possibly the greatest mind ever. And he, until kind of recently had never gotten uh, the credit that he deserved. I mean, even the people we think are the greatest inventors, they generally didn't actually invent things. They just had the money in order to patent it. Okay, like, Graham Bell didn't invent the telephone. Okay, the first telephone was made by some Italian guy. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember his name. But he was Italian, though, and that's the most important part. It is a very important <laughs> part. Um, speaking of speaking of Italians, you just maybe really wanted to see a Leonardo da Vinci movie based I, with a damn Nolan it. I was just thinking that too, man. <laughs> Get out of my a head. Da Vinci movie would be fantastic, directed by Nolan. Out of your head, you mentioned inventors and Italian, and you like all shocked and bothered someone said Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> well, I wasn't thinking of an Italian inventor. And then once Italian kind of came out of your mouth, I was like, oh, yeah, Da Vinci. Christopher Nolan doing a Leonardo Da Vinci movie could be really cool. Christopher Nolan should do a movie about (laughs) uh, Leonardo Da Vinci, about Michelangelo, about Raphael, about Donatello, and then make a movie where they are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing a movie where he actually has all four of them as teenagers in real life team up. I don't care if the timeline doesn't work. <laughs> that would creative be funny. License, creative licensing. Have them fight crime in like ancient Venice. It doesn't sound like a Christopher Nolan movie <laughs> at all, but if Christopher Nolan directed this, I would go see it. Yeah, I would watch it. Absolutely. Hey, hey, this isn't about Christopher Nolan anymore. Remember, this is about us. This is our wish list. <laughs> so I want to see him take the real life people as teenagers, and have them fight crime in Venice, in Italy. And, and But do they have to be wearing turtle shells? No, but they do no, they, have to wear coordinated masks. Okay. Their painting supplies need to be on their backs instead of the shells, like the Etzel. Get some brushes, maybe a paint, you know, smaller paint cans. Use them as weapons. Oh, like, like a paintbrush nunchuck? Yeah. I think we just, cre- I think we just created a, multi- a billion dollar franchise. And Christopher Nolan's going to direct. Uh, it's on the internet now. It's a fact. Prove me wrong. Hey, did you hear those guys on that one podcast that confirmed Nolan was going to be directing this movie? <laughs> I mean, it's on uh, the internet now, so it must be true. Oh, uh, God. Brawlers, listen, um, that's about all the time we have for tonight. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We had a lot of fun tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed the Christopher Nolan porn. 
I hope you guys enjoy him as much as we did. Go to Comic Book Brawl. Let us know what your favorite Nolan movies are. Let us know what you want to see him direct, too, because we came up with a bunch of good ideas here. I know there's a ton more out there. So, guys, let us know what you think Christopher Nolan should direct, too. Brawlers. Do you think hmm? Christopher Nolan should direct porn? Oh, no. Our Christopher Nolan porn is just us lavishing and loving Christopher Nolan this entire hour. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> Although, if you really like porn with, like, for the story and the narrative, then Nolan could do a good job. Yeah. I mean, I think he would do a tremendous job. It would be a much better story than, you know, delivery guy showing up. Uh, I always delivery. thought that was a compelling story. Very real. Uh, Brawlers, as always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and Audible. Don't forget to subscribe to get all the latest updates. We are out of here. Good night.